Janae and Kevin Cox, thanks for being here. Um, it's really fun to have you here. Let me ask you this. Have you guys ever done a show where it's the two of you collaborating together? Is this iteration number one for that? This is number one. This is the first time. <laughs> and I've been so excited. You're excited about this it? Is, this is my favorite subject to talk about. Because <laughs> she is not very good at talking about herself. She gets like weird and... Anyway, she's amazing. So I'm pumped to talk about it. So is he your number one promoter, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay, beautiful. So tell me, Kevin, let's start with you. What are some of Janae's superpowers from what you see? Because it's easier for you to boast about her than it's going to be for her to boast about herself. Mainly because she has a unique ability. You have a unique ability. I have a unique ability. For sure. And quite often, we don't recognize that we have that unique ability, that yeah. superpower. So what's her, what are some of her superpowers? Well, so one thing about her is like she's an empath and she's crazy observant of people. Okay. So like the thing I love the most, she cares so deeply about people. And so this whole thing, like us even being in your room is because she cares. So like this all started only because she was trying to help others sure. that were struggling with the same stuff she was. Okay. And she didn't even want to post about it. She didn't even want to do any of this, but she's just like this lifestyle change that we have is so hard and it's so lonely at times that she's like, there's got to be other people who are struggling just like me. So she started posting, had the courage and it just kind of grew out of nowhere. And it's like, people don't know this, but she's, um, she's an introvert. Like she does not like filming herself, which is so <laughs> funny because people think she's an influencer. And it, well, she is, she is, <laughs> but it's like, that was never the goal. She never wanted that. Sure. It just kind of happened. And then what caused all the, and we'll dig into what all this is, but high level, why did you start doing the filming? Why did you start um, posting the cooking classes? Like what, what was the inception of all this? Like what caused it? So I was diagnosed with celiac disease in 2014 and really it was life-changing for me. And, and maybe expand on that a little bit. What, celiac? Yeah. Yeah, what so it? celiac disease, basically, when you get diagnosed with celiac disease, I was very, very sick for a long period of time. They didn't know what was wrong with me. It was I was in for test after test after test, and celiac can be a various number of things that's wrong with you. Um, but after a year and a half of testing, I finally found the right doctor, and I was uh, super bloated, um, my got super bad headaches, uh, migraines. And then anyways, Actually, I got let me jump in. So we gave birth to our third child, Wesley. And we you, were, you say we, we, she, did. she <laughs> did the work, bro. I worked hard I did all the work <laughs> for all about 90 seconds. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No. So we have our third child and as she's recovering, she never recovered. Mm. She was sick all the time like food just hurt and, and were you assuming this was all like postpartum yeah totally that was the first kid that i literally said i think i have postpartum Got it. With. and the other thing that was interesting is getting pregnant was easy we decided to have a kid clockwork boom we're pregnant sure after wesley she was sick for a roughly a year oh wow where it was like after giving birth for a year yeah and it's like is this postpartum is is this real 
Testing, 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 no answers. None. Okay, so hold on. So obviously there were answers, but there were the wrong answers. What were the doctors saying? Totally. So they said I had ulcers, like stomach ulcers. They put me on medication. I would go in because my chest would get like super tight and they would do chest scans and x-rays and nothing. We thought she was having a heart attack at times. Mm. But nothing ever came of it. So I finally found this phenomenal doctor. He's just a gastroenterologist doctor. And he literally did like a blood work panel that was like nine pages long and tested for anything and everything. And that's when the celiac test came back positive. Um, But from there, he did further testing because testing for celiac disease, you can have positive or you can have negative blood work, but you can still have celiac. So the next further test is to do a scope and they go and take a piece of your small intestine and biopsy it and see where it's at. Oh, wow. Um, and so did you have to go through that? I had to go through that. But not only that, he went even a step further because I was sick for so long and they didn't know how long like I had had it for. And um, the dentist actually is one of the ones that saw malnourishment in my teeth. Oh, wow. And so there's so many things with celiac disease. That's why like everyone can have a different symptom, a different trigger. Um, but after I did the scope, they confirmed it. They did bone scans to see if so I'd lost bone when density. When they do the scope, do you know what they're looking at? Not, no, I don't. So the there's little like, I don't know, Villa. they're kind of, what is it called? Villa. Yeah, so it's these little things inside of our gut that actually they're kind of like, they're like fingers, right? And the food goes down inside and then it actually, that's how it gets processed and then ends up in what, our bloodstream. What word did you use? Villa. Like, like villa? Like... Or is that more of a medical term? It's a it's medical, a medical term. term. Okay. But healthy ones are long. So like on but the But it almost sounds like Villa, like its own little individual thing that it's supposed to be doing, right? That's what, so kind of what to... it looks So it is. Like. It's like long and it like, they describe it like this. Like it's, if it's healthy, it's like long and it's moving and it's great and it's working. And then if they're worn down and they're like Got really it. nubby, that means that you're, something's up. So... For example, if you eat something bad like that villa, it senses it and then ejects it out of your body. Got it. Okay. And so hers were basically non-existent. So her body was attacking everything she ate, assuming it was bad. So she was always sick. So let me ask you this, Janae. Did, I mean, was this something that you always had and it just magnified itself after that third child? Yeah. So like an autoimmune disease is dormant in your body. Sure. Like you have the gene for it, right? And something triggers it. So I believe that the pregnancy and leading up to the pregnancy, we were going through some like really weird things. And so I believe that that was the trigger, the pregnancy and then some other things that were going on at home. Sure. And from then is what triggered it. Got it. Okay. So you, you get diagnosed. Now, you know, at that point, were you pretty certain this is what it is? Yeah. I like literally cold Turkey left the doctor's office and went gluten-free. Wow. Instantaneously. Instant. Like I went home, told Kevin and I mean, I cried my eyes out for a long time, but. And why did you cry your eyes out? Just because of. She's Italian. So. Ooh, okay. Pastas, breads, is donuts, that, but, carbs. But hold, but hold on. This is what's crazy. If you lived in Italy. You probably wouldn't have to deal with it as much, correct? People the say way. that, yes. I've never been. You're Italian and never been to Italy? Yes, I what know. What is wrong with you, Kevin? Thank That's you. That's a bucket list. I'm taking her, though. <laughs> commit on camera right now. <laughs> Give me a time frame on when you're going to uh, Italy. How do I commit, Scouts? It's committed. So yeah. I, I will take her to Italy. You have a year to get it done. Hmm. Okay. You have a year. Let's and go. It's gonna happen. Yes. Let's you have go. to go. I just got back from Italy. I was there in September. Oh. Like gorgeous. My second time there. Oh. But yeah, it literally, so you know, 
when I consume, you know, bread and pasta here, totally different. it does a number on me. You consume it out there. You don't get bloated. You, you can eat it like crazy. You don't have any weight gain. Like it's just amazing due to, due to not having all these artificial ingredients in it. Yeah. It's like as fresh crazy? as fresh can be. It's, it's insane. So Italy needs to happen. Okay. So you, you start crying your, your, your eyes out. Yeah. You can't consume a lot of these precious foods that you love. Then what happens? Um, so the other thing that people don't realize is if, if you have an intolerance to gluten, if you don't remove it from your diet, the results are catastrophic. Meaning? They typically result in intestinal cancer. Okay, so it could cause... No, it always leads to cancer. But meaning it could lead you to an early death. Yeah, but absolutely. at gluten-free expos and different things where she's had followers come up to her, like there, we've literally met women her age where they went misdiagnosed for, say, a decade. Oh, wow. And they, they're now battling osteoporosis. They've lost teeth because their body to protect the organs pulled all the nutrients out of their mouth. And it's like vision issues. Dude, it's horrible. So this is what's interesting. But they, you know, there's, there's quotes that state that entrepreneurs can save more lives than a surgeon. And right now, whether you want to accept it or not, you're saving a lot of lives from what you've chosen to do. And you've oh, gotten out of, outside of your comfort zone, right? You're an introvert, as, as most of us are. <laughs> An introvert doesn't mean that you're not willing to put yourself on camera. It just means that it takes more work and it takes a little bit more exhaustion. And you can actually generate confidence and energy from within. You don't have to have people feeding that energy. You can create it for yourself. So quite often, the best entrepreneurs are introverts because you can create the energy here and then you can take it out there. You don't need to be around people all the time. Yeah. In fact, I think a lot of people in direct to home are introverts because they can be on their own door after door after door after door creating yeah, their own energy. That. Okay, so talk to us about, and, and we'll, we'll go back, but talk to us about your current business and what, basically it was just a much, a, a, a big need that you had. So tell us about what that business is, is satisfying. Okay, wait, I'm going to jump in because <laughs> she doesn't like talking about herself. So one of Janae's superpowers, the way her brain works, she is, and before she was diagnosed, she's extremely skilled with meal prepping. Yep. Her brain just functions that way. And I watch her in the kitchen and it's amazing because it's not normal. So she can like crank out 20, 30 mils in under two hours. Wow. Like she's very systematic. Okay. So before she was diagnosed, that's how her and I survived. Like she would meal prep for us. And that's, she meal prepped for you in El Paso when we were working. Yeah. Together. For all of us in 2011. Yes. <laughs> So did like you she, did you remember that before she mentioned it to you before we got course. on the show? Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a game changer for me because you you know how it works when you when you go grocery shopping when you're hungry what are you gonna buy? You're gonna buy junk food. Hostess. <laughs> so as long as you have resources available to you, you're gonna make the right decision. It's when you mm -hmm. when you don't have those resources, you 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 go crazy. So I I really do appreciate what you did for us in 2011. And so, and, it, and by the way, it's been really magical for me to see how you've taken, taken that into what you have today. Yeah. And so af after she was diagnosed, like that's the way she's operated our household for many years. So then she now has to navigate meal prepping gluten-free. Sure. And that's well, what and it, led is it, to, is it solely gluten-free or is there more than just being gluten-free that you have to guard having celiac disease? 
So for me personally, it's just gluten-free. I was dairy-free for a time being because I also got diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that's like a hormone insulin disorder. And so when I did my research, dairy, like dairy and hormones is heavily involved. So I removed dairy out of my diet as well. And that's when we were able to conceive our last two kids because we couldn't get pregnant for so long. So removing gluten and dairy out of my diet took all the inflammation out and I was able to like get healthy again. Isn't it crazy that the foods that we consume, because when we were kids, what were we told? Uh, the drink milk, the milk does a body pyramid. good, all this stuff. Yeah. Got <laughs> milk. In fact, when I, when I, was, I, I did an LDS mission, when I was in their training center, one of the first things that they trained us on nourishment wise was milk does not do a body good. Stop drinking the milk that we consume here in the U S because it's full of chemicals. That's a chemical cocktail. Hmm. So what's interesting is the foods that we're told to use according to the food pyramid are quite often poisoning our body. Totally. So, okay. So keep going with El Paso and, 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 and how we get here. Her whole world's flipped upside down, right? So now she's got to figure out how, what products to use to still continue with our lifestyle where she's making every Monday, she would meal prep for her and I, and then all week when I go to work, I take my little, my little meal prep lunches and all that. And so as she was doing that, she, it was super emotional because she's just like, Wasting money is what she felt like she was doing. She'd buy a product, test it, and it's like, this is garbage. Like, it's not even edible. And so she started, she kind of retreated into this habit of she was living off of the same thing every day. Uh, G2G bars, eggs, you know, some proteins and vegetables. It's like, and then slowly she got to a place after a few weeks of this new lifestyle. And she's like, I'm starving. Like, this sucks. And so then we had to come to Jesus and it's like, sweetie, spend the money. I don't care. And at this time, like she wasn't monetizing the channel. Right. So we're living off of my salary and gluten-free ain't cheap. It's more expensive than normal food. But she just finally was like, okay, this is the rest of my life. I need to actually survive. So let me, let me make sure I understand the, the chronological order here. So meal prep 2011, this is pre having your third. Yes. So why were you meal prepping back then just to be more? Just a way of life. It was just easier to, I wanted to be healthy back then. And that was just, meal prepping was easy. Okay. So it's just health conscientiousness, not really like specific ingredients. It's just like, let's be healthy. Let's not put garbage in our body. Okay. And you're meal prepping and why meal prepping versus cooking it every single day? Was it just, I'm just curious on that. He's massive and him to go out to lunch was like 20 bucks. Okay. And me to prep a meal was way cheaper and he wasn't eating junk food. So I felt better about it. So I'd always send him okay. to work with like three containers okay. full of food. All right. So in 2011, I know that we got involved in your whole meal prepping services. We'd actually go to y'all's apartment and we'd have dinners together, which was fantastic. And then once the summer ended, you continued to meal prep for you two. Yes. Were the kids involved in that meal prep as well? Yeah, they would eat all of it too. Okay. And then outside of the family, were you meal prepping for other folks too? Yes. Oh, so you're already monetizing. So I did um, for... Outside of summers. Outside of summer for like five years on every Monday, I'd meal prep for clients. And that's why the name of your company is... Clean Monday Meals. Clean Monday Meals. And when did you come up with that name? Um, In (laughs) 2014. It was seriously a silly thing. I called my sister one day. I'm like, 
I don't. She think, was in the bathroom. I don't think my Who friends. Who was in the bathroom? She was. <laughs> You're in the bathroom. Calling Talking on the to my phone sister. With her sister. All right. I'm like, I don't think my friends really care what food I'm cooking. I should start like a food page that actually shares like. And if people want to follow it, cool. But if they don't, then they don't have like they don't have to see it on my Janae Cox page, you know. Okay. And so she's like, "Well, you meal prep every Monday, and it's clean. So why don't you just call it Clean Monday Meals? Just like that. Just like that. Amazing. So she always tells me, she's like, "So when am I gonna get paid for that name? A royalty? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need a royalty. <laughs> I for think that. that's a great name, Clean Monday Meals. It's it's elegant. It's so beautiful. It's simple. It makes yeah. sense. It's simple. Yeah. That's cool. So okay, so that's 2014, yep. and then what year did you find out about your autoimmune? Uh, 2014 is that year is when I started. After you spoke with your sister or before, before to come up with the name? So before, so I was, I started the page in 2014 after I got diagnosed with celiac. Okay. I didn't start the page before I had celiac. Okay. You were meal prepping and then you started the page Yep. and the page was more, it was probably a lot of it was a way for you to come to terms with this newfound autoimmune disease. And so you could be a part of something yeah. bigger than just you. Totally. And in, in starting it, I actually had zero intention, intention about talking about celiac disease. I okay. just planned to share about meal prepping and food in general and how to eat healthy Okay. until I realized how many people were dealing with the same exact thing that sure. I was like celiac disease. When I got diagnosed, I didn't even know what the word meant. Like sure. I, I had to Google what is celiac disease. Yeah, I had yeah, no yeah. idea what it was. And, I, th I was, I felt so scared, so alone. And I didn't realize when I started this page that so many other people were actually also dealing with the same exact thing I was. And so I created this little community of people, right? Yeah. Where you felt like way less alone. You could share your story and people understood because like Kevin's amazing and he's so supportive and he's great, but he doesn't get it. Like he doesn't understand what it feels like to walk in somewhere and know that you can't eat anything that's provided there for mm. you. Like that's really hard. And so people that actually get it, like there's more empathy towards that, right? Sure. So it's interesting. Did the community exist before you created it? No. I mean, I, did, I didn't know about it, right? I didn't know. There was uh, food blogs. There's a lot. Back then there was a lot of food bloggers. Um, there wasn't a ton of Instagram accounts that were talking about celiac disease that I knew of. And then when you said you started a page, was that via Instagram? Yes. Okay. And that was in 2014. Yeah. And at that moment in time, you called it clean Monday meals. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So no, so what's crazy is there was a need. It wasn't being met. It wasn't being satisfied. So you created the cure to that need and you created a community, you created something, you created a platform. Um, so you're, you're, you're witnessing all this. Like, how do you start like seeing how this is evolving? How, how do you start getting involved and how do you cheerlead Janae in this venture? Well, so dude, good question. Cause it's really eye opening to go into a restaurant, right? Where I have no food and, allergies. And, and, and do you agree with what she just said? You have no idea what I go through here. Yes. Because I don't have to live it. I eat gluten-free happily. I don't even know the difference if it's gluten-free or not because yeah, yeah. she's that good now. Sure. When she first started, she'd make a meal that was gluten-free and it was just like, ugh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to McDonald's. Sure. She can't. Would you eat it happily and be like, oh, this is I so good try. and then get in your car and then go through the drive-thru somewhere? But like she knew no. when it sucked too. <laughs> so yeah, it was just like- He's the most honest person on the planet. He, he gonna, can't lie. He, he's going to give me the real, real. <laughs> yeah. And so then it's like, she's defeated. She just worked for hours and waterworks, right? And- 
But there was this one experience where we went to a work dinner and we go in and we're in San Francisco and it's like high end, you know, like $100, $150 a plate. Yeah. And they, their gluten-free option at this time, we were not very good at checking what they had. We walk in, I'm not even joking you. They brought her a, a wedge of lettuce and then they sprinkled uh, sunflower seeds on top and then they put oil on it. That was the only thing they could come up with that was gluten-free in the kitchen. Wow. And so we're all eating and she's literally starving because we've been in meetings running around all day. And um, that was when it, it like clicked for me where it was like, holy crap. Like, and at that time it was 11 o'clock at night and there was nothing open. I couldn't even go get her a candy bar or anything in the area where we were at. Yeah, so this would be helpful for me so I understand how limited this nutrition program is when you're truly when you're gluten when you have to be gluten free so what are some things that if you have celiac disease you can't consume and uh, the list is probably super long yeah no but the basic is wheat barley and rye okay but, but you went to a fine end restaurant can you eat the meats that they serve or so no? the unfortunate thing about no? celiac disease is a lot of seasonings contain gluten mm. a lot of sauces contain gluten and a lot that is prepared in a kitchen is shared with same fryers. Okay, so at this fine this fine dining restaurant that I'm assuming serves steaks and oh yeah crab and all that stuff, you literally could not consume anything other than this lettuce with some everything. Seeds on it. All their proteins were marinated in things that had gluten. This is insane. If she eats gluten, dude, I'm not joking you. She's out of commission for two weeks. Wow, like she's sick brain fog, joints hurt, bloated, diarrhea, vomiting. Yeah. Like it's poison. It's a literal poison inside of her system. So here locally, are there restaurants that you can go to and kind of order whatever's on the menu? Yeah, or, for or sure. No? There, there is, it's limited still. Like we have our, our few, right? And has it, has it progressed? Totally. From Over time. 2014? Yeah. A ton. It's gotten way better. Do you think it's because doctors are getting more savvy to what this is? Is it being more properly diagnosed now that it's more main street or? Man, or I feel like the diagnose side of it is still really hard. Doctors misdiagnose, mistreat like all the time. People reach out to me and they're like, hey, what, what do I ask for? I've gone to my doctor so many times and I know I feel like I have this and they're not doing the right tests. They're not yeah. doing this. So that, that's hard. That part's hard. I think a lot more people are gluten-free and I think that's what's changing. Got it. So but a lot not, more people requesting you totally. know, the menu changes, et yeah. cetera. So what are some restaurants that you can go to and they're very gluten-free friendly? Uh, Aubergine is amazing. Aubergine? Um, Redmond Farms is good. Okay. How about more na national brands? That's So that's a little bit trickier. Uh, Costa Vida is good. Not every location is great though. So you have to be pretty careful and specific on what you say to them at a restaurant. Um, In-N-Out actually is awesome because they have a separate fryer for their fries oh, wow. and they don't fry anything else in it. So I can eat... I like you would think that French fries are gluten free, and most people think French fries because their potatoes are gluten free. But if they are in a shared fryer with your fried chicken nuggets, they are no longer gluten free. Okay. For people with celiac disease. And what about the In and Out Burger? If you do the lettuce wrap, lettuce does that wrap, work? Yep, it's fine. Yep. Okay. So they keep everything separate yeah. enough. Okay. And then uh, Chick Fil A as well is great about gluten free items. Okay. So national brands, In and Out, Chick Fil A. 
Um, Costa Vida is regional, but yeah. they're soon to be national. Cut okay. Bop has some. Cut Bop has some. Plug to Cut Bop. Go to Cut Bop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome. So now let, let's dig into your, your business. Like, how do you promote it? What's your mission statement? Like, what are you all about? And how can people that are, you know, dealing with these type of situations, how can they benefit from what you provide? Yeah. So, oh, man, um, it all actually really started. Let me tell you kind of why, where it came from and why there's such a big passion behind the mission statement and the brand. So three years ago, my oldest daughter got diagnosed with type one diabetes and then celiac disease a and then, month And after. then if you don't mind me asking, how many children do you guys have now? Five. Five kids. Yeah. Okay. So this is child number? One. Number one? Yes. Okay. So she was super sick for a long period of time. We could not get her healthy. Um, we were in and out of doctor's offices and we couldn't get her healthy for a long period of time. Finally got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which was like just it crushed me right watching your kid have to go through something really really hard on a daily basis is just and how did you notice that she had to go to the doctor and be tested for something such as that what was going on yeah so for type one she was um it was weird because i kept thinking her hormones are changing she was 11 years old i'm like maybe it's time for her to start her cycle i wasn't sure but she was just a little bit more moody all the time a little bit more emotional um she had gotten really skinny but i also was very skinny at her age and so i'm like maybe she's just growing and so she's like in this awkward really super skinny stage um but then she got like the flu but when colby gets the flu it's not like she's up and moving and still being herself this time around she wasn't she was out like just laying down wouldn't do anything so i took her in and luckily our doctor he has a son with type 1 diabetes and so we brought her in and he, he's like, let's give her Zofran, see if we can get her to stop throwing up. If not, I want to see you guys back in the morning. She got on the scale and she's like, that's weird. I weigh 70 pounds. At my friend's house last week, I was 78 pounds. Oh my. And I was like, eight pounds in a week? Wow. So the doctor was like, okay, if she's not better in the morning. And then he like, he's like, let's take her, let's get her back in. Well, first thing in the morning he called me, he's like, I've been thinking all night. I want you to take her into the emergency room and get her tested for type one diabetes. I just called the hospital. They know you're on your way. Well, so it was him to be honest. He was like very aware of what was happening because he dealt with it himself with his own child. Uh, we went in and sure enough, the monitor couldn't even read her blood sugar. She was so high. So a typical blood sugar range for type uh, for anybody is 80 to 120, and her blood sugar was 730. Oh my goodness. So she was very, very sick. Um, we got admitted into the hospital. We were there for a couple of days and then we came out and they did like routine blood work, which is what they do with every type one diabetic. And it's a massive panel because uh, sister autoimmune disease is usually thyroid and celiac disease for diabetics. Um, By sister, she means they show up in pairs. In pairs? Yes. Which um, we were unaware of. That was news to us. Yeah, I didn't know that. So she um, did that routine blood work. We went in for her two-week checkup and her celiac panel came back high. So I sent out a message to the whole family thread and I was like, I believe in miracles if everyone will pray that when we go in for her scope that it's actually really not celiac disease and it was like an off day. Well, obviously that miracle did not get answered, (laughs) but there's a reason for everything and I believe that very strongly. So she got diagnosed with celiac disease. And that is when the brand, the mission, 
the Clean Monday Meals actually really became something. Wow. Like, not because it wasn't something before, but like watching your kids suffer, I will do anything to make sure that she's not in pain and, they, and that she's not sad. And this is, that's what's crazy is, I mean, business, it's a spiritual journey. It's a spiritual game. Um, not once have we talked about how much money you're making, what's your EBITDA look like, what's your cash flow, how's your balance sheet. It's all about like, we had a massive problem, something that we want to solve. There wasn't something in the marketplace that was solving what we were dealing with specifically. We're entrepreneurs. We're grit. Being an entrepreneur means you have grit, that you're willing to pay the price, right? That you're willing to do the hard things that other people aren't doing. And you're, you're taking a problem and you're making that, you're creating a solution for said problem. So props for being fantastic entrepreneurs. That's, that's amazing. But how, how cool is it that we live in a place, we live in a country, we, we have a market that allows entrepreneurs such as us to be able to bring these businesses and all we're doing is creating value. And if you create enough value, the dollars will always follow, mm -hmm. right? So what's cool is you're providing a service and the best thing that, one of the best things you can do is create a business because you're helping other people stand on their own two feet, right? So you, you create this business. Now your mission statement is that much. So what, what it, what, if you were to mention your mission statement in a sentence or two, what, what would it be? And you maybe have it clearly defined. I don't know. <laughs> and mission statement for me, it's not so much what's said on paper, but what you believe in when you're, when you're given a response ad lib. Yeah, so what would sure. the mission statement be? Uh, to help as many people and serve the community the best that I can. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And you're, and you're doing it. So after, after your Kobe is her name, correct? Yeah. Colby. Colby. Um, after she gets diagnosed, the mission statement's that much more grandiose, that much more imperative that you make things happen. So what starts happening with your community? What starts happening with your posting? What starts happening with all that stuff? So to, it just it dramatically changed because now I could relate to the people that had kids with celiac disease wow. before it was just me. Right. I, and I didn't take care of myself the so best all the time. Hold on. That's, that's so intuitive because you just mentioned that he couldn't understand sympathetic. He can totally. empathize with you, but not sympathize with you in regards to what you were dealing with. You, ha you couldn't connect as intently with your customers because you didn't have any kids that were dealing with what their kids were dealing with. Now you have the superpower of I being able to sympathize with those parents. So keep going. That's yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. So not only do I get to sympathize with the people that are dealing with the same thing I do, but now I can help those moms that have kids with celiac disease, but they don't get it. Wow. That's the, that's the crazy part. There's a lot of moms that reach out. They're like, I don't have celiac. Wow. I don't know what my kid's going through. I don't what get it. The darkest nights produce the brightest stars. Even, I mean, you've dealt with a lot, but what, what a blessing that totally. you have to be able to help. So grateful folks. that I can help people through it. Crazy. So I now get to connect with like moms that are dealing with kids with type one that are up in the middle of the night with super lows and that don't know how to manage their blood sugars. And guess what? It's all related to food. Something that I, that comes naturally for me that I've been able to like figure out and whether it was. God giving me this gift so I could help so many people in the world, which like is amazing that I get to do this, but I get to help my own family at a, like a bigger level too. So it's, um, man, watching Colby go through it has been probably the hardest thing as a parent to do. Um, so like everything I do is because of her. Yeah. 
Amazing. No, that's beautiful. And thanks for sharing. And I can tell you're getting emotional. So, <laughs> so it makes me emotional. No, that's beautiful. No, And so growing up, my niece was diabetic. My oldest brother, his daughter was diabetic. And as a family, like after Colby was diagnosed with diabetes, it, dude, it's like we wanted to say sorry to them because we did not know mm. how hard it is to manage a diabetic child. Because like there is almost no nights that one of us isn't up going to her bedroom to make sure she's okay. Wow. Wow. Like it is, it is so hands-on and gnarly that it's almost like you don't know until you know. Yeah. You know, when you have a child that's like handicap or whatever it is, it's like, you don't really know what those yeah. parents are going through. And so now that we know, like shout out to parents that have diabetic kids, because it is a, full-time job it is unrelenting it never stops you, and then then you throw on top of it the the celiac disease so this is crazy like most people don't realize this but the little kids that are they're celiac at school every treat that comes in the building every class activity they're excluded wow. because the go-to things are not gluten-free yep and so Shout out to her because she's a living angel. Like our freezer, she has treats for Colby for every activity. Um, anytime there's an activity, like she's baking pizza, you know, and we have, we have friends in our network that when Colby goes to like a cheer activity, cause she's a cheerleader, like there'll be moms that will order a gluten-free pizza for her or DoorDash Chick-fil-A. And so it's like, it's these little things that until you're in it, like you don't get yeah. it. You know, and then when your daughter comes home or your child comes home and they're crying because it's like they were at a party and they can't eat anything. It's like it is so heartbreaking and lonely. And so it's like that's the world we've been living in and she has to deal with it. And I see it now through the lens of two Yeah. where it's like my best friend deals with it and now my daughter. And it's just like, whoa, this yeah. is hard. No, and it, it makes, you know, there's these memes out there, or these social media influencers, and I'm kind of. I'm kind of switching gears a little bit, but it's these people like when I grew up in the eighties, we would eat this and that. And we never had gluten. We never had to deal with gluten free or anything else. <laughs> and, and we would probably us three, we'd probably be joking about that stuff because it's not in our, it's not yeah. on our radar. So you don't know what you don't know. And every single person they're living they're they're their own world. So I think for me, just hearing all this, because, you know, I, I've been culpable of that. I've been like, dude, why are, why are we so Same. pansy nowadays? Like, totally. why is everybody so fragile? And you can't say this, you can't say that, and you can't eat this, and you can't eat that. And you have all these allergies. Come on, bro. Like, let's go. But like hearing the story and talking with folks that are actually living it and dealing with it, it's, it's not a joke. Like, it's real, real. And I think by you guys doing something about it and being promoters of the movement, you're actually causing change. That's very much needed. Very much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if everybody thought the way that I would have thought, like it doesn't work. It just, we can't, we can't create a beautiful world that way. Yeah. No. And one of her, her, her uh, favorite one liner that people would say to us, they don't really anymore, but it's like, Jenny, come on a little can't hurt. Can it? Right. And it's like, yes, actually it's, it's disastrous. And again, un unless you live it, like you, you just you don't, don't know. know. No, you don't know. You don't no. Know. And so then all these little kids, like, I mean, something as simple as like a onion soup chip dip. 
Sure. Right. You go to a party and there's, there's chip dip, like that's not gluten free. Yep. And so all these little kids, it's either oftentimes they either eat nothing or they eat and they make themselves sick just because food is so it's all about being social, right? Like it's, it's a, yeah, I, said, I, I actually read this in one of um, Danny Meyer's books. He's a big restaurateur. A lot of the main restaurants in New York. He's also the founder of um, Shake Shack. But he says people don't go to restaurants to, um, to be nourished. They go to restaurants to be nurtured. It's mm-hmm. about the experience, right? So I get it. If, you, if, if people with, that are dealing with these things can't find that, that nurture, like... It's a big part of our social everyday life. And kids, it's just as big. Or bigger, yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. You have a few products out. Yeah. Talk to us about your products. Um, so I created the ramen seasoning because of Colby. So her, that's hers. That I will always say that's her baby. Um, but then the onion soup mix was because I love chip dip, like Kevin just said. <laughs> and I couldn't have it anymore. And so there was no onion soup mix on the market. But it's also in roast and potato. I mean, onion, Lipton onion soup mix isn't almost every household in America, right? Sure. So that was one that was just an easy no-brainer. And then the ranch seasoning came from when I went dairy-free due to my PCOS, I could not find a good dairy-free ranch but I wanted a gluten and dairy free seasoning like the Hidden Valley packets, but Hidden Valley's full of MSG. It is actually gluten free, but it's dairy, it has dairy in it and it's full of MSG and a whole bunch of chemicals. So you could actually use my ranch seasoning to make dressing, dip, put it in recipes and all that kind of stuff. So those three were the first three that we launched. And then from there, we've just created different flavors of the ramen seasoning. So we have a beef and a spicy now. And then kind of a weird twist is I really wanted to make them as allergy friendly as possible so that anybody dealing with autoimmune disease could use my seasonings. Mm. Um, and so there was a few ingredients when I created the ramen seasoning that actually a lot of people couldn't have when they came to my expo. And so I dove in, tried to figure out how to create a clean bouillon mix that was inside of my ramen seasoning. And so then we actually took that bouillon mix and created a chicken and beef bouillon from that as well. Wow. Very, like very, (laughs) a lot of ingenuity. I love it. So how many SKUs do you have now? How many products? Seven right now. Seven SKUs and intentions of creating a lot more SKUs? A lot more more. SKU. We We have a few more. We got, she has cookbooks as well. That's where this all started. In the, with the cookbooks. Cookbooks. Her followers were so lazy, they got tired of going to her page to screenshot the recipes. <laughs> I would lay in bed at night and help her respond to DMs. And there was this consistent theme of all these women where they're just like, Janae, will you please make a cookbook? Were you, did they think it was Janae responding? Oh, yeah. Responding? oh yeah. He yeah. acted like me. Oh. How, how did how did he do amazing did he do? that's amazing that's awesome. yeah so so he does show some empathy he does he no does. i try really hard that's cool but yeah so we created a, a couple cookbooks that's where it started then we launched seasonings hey and- so i'm gonna say this like i admire how much you love your wife and how oh, much yeah. you support her like it's it's really cool to watch really cool to witness so thank you props to you for being a really good husband yeah. a really good father and a really good just overall human being. So I just want to say that publicly. Thank you. <laughs> and then, and then last thing, the other product we have is after Colby was diagnosed, um, Janae's never been into diets. Like 
Me, me, meaning you don't really believe in diets. You don't believe in fads. You believe in lifestyle. Totally. Yes. Absolutely. And so because of that, like tons of her followers would, they would say, you know, what is the, um, carbs, not the carbs. What's the, uh, macros macros. And she's never really counted any of that. Never cared about carbs. It's just like, let's eat mostly healthy. That's kind of her. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong. You can eat healthy in volumes right? As long as it's healthy and clean, right? That's totally. what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. you don't really, I mean, sure you can count macros if you have certain like weight gain goals or muscle goals, whatever. Yes. But as far as like a lifestyle is concerned, as long as you're eating clean, you're probably not going to get overnourished because mm -hmm. it's just clean stuff entering the body. Yeah. So after Colby was diagnosed, all of a sudden, again, she had this realization where it's like, whoa, we actually need to know the carbs inside of mm. this so Colby can dose for insulin. Got it. So then she realized like, oh my gosh, I've been underserving the community because I don't believe in diets, Got it. but yet everyone needs to know the carbs. So she comes to me and she's like, hey, I, I want to do more for the community. Here's my ideas. I want to create an app that basically takes my recipes, kicks out nutritional mm. facts for people. And then let's go even further. Like I would love to give them shopping lists. Wow. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's figure it out. So we linked up with one of our best friends, Josh Smith. He's amazing with softwares. So then we go and in a, a month or two, we launch a meal planning app and it's on the app store. You can go download it now, but it has, what's it called? Clean Monday meals, clean Monday meals. It's an app. Okay. Dude, it's 10 bucks a month. Cancel anytime. But she's literally imported every recipe that she's ever created inside this app. And then now you can build your own menus. You can take our recipe and it kicks out a shopping list. Oh, wow. So it makes it even more convenient for families. And then she provides her favorite gluten and dairy free swaps for people. So again, you're not wasting your money buying all the stuff that she bought. Okay. So, uh, okay. Beautiful. So on your platform, you have an app. Yes. You have your seven SKUs and more to come. You have your cookbooks. Mm -hmm. Do you still provide meal prep? I don't anymore. No more meal prep. Nope. I just meal prep on Monday for the app subscribers and they see exactly what I'm cooking so that they can see a step-by-step -step of how easy it is to make that meal. But that's for your family. Yes. You don't provide meal don't prep provide outside it. of the family. No. Okay. Not currently. And then anything else that the platform provides? And I know you do videos all the time. I see you always on social media. Do you enjoy being on camera? Nope. You don't enjoy <laughs> but do you feel like it's your duty, it's your obligation to do do as such? I love helping people. Okay. So if it like provides a service for other people, then I'll do it. So you wanna go through the pain to be able to create the value. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on your platform that I haven't covered? Mm -mm. Those are mostly our products. Okay, and then you have a coconut product or soon to be a coconut no. product or some sort of coconut <laughs> testing. No, but thing I'm going a self-proclaimed coconut water tester. Have you ha, do people ship you products? Yes. Then? No way. Yes. No way. So I've recently from my silly oh, oh, little so, videos. So, so let's start from the beginning so that people can follow what we're talking about. So when did you start being the self-proclaimed coconut water expert okay. person? So randomly post COVID, I got COVID, the sickness. Yeah. I tasted coconut water and I was like, whoa, what is this sweet nectar? <laughs> because <laughs> I'd never really cared about coconut water. Got Okay. But what caused you to try coconut water after having COVID? It was on the shelf and there was like, my options were water, the horrible tasting, like uh salsa water with like 
fruit in them. I 1000% agree on that one. I don't know how people do oh, the flavor. Yeah, sparkling it was water. gross. And it was like, I was in the mood for something other than water. Sure. So I grabbed the coconut water. Which one did you grab? It was a uh, 100 coconut. Okay. And, and I drank it and I was like, Oh, this is amazing. Cause then on the other side, soda now tastes weird to me. Okay. Post COVID Coke doesn't taste the same anymore. Okay. okay. So I drink it and I was like, this is amazing. So then I go to good earth just to stock up. Cause we have this little fridge in our garage. I was like, I love this. Then I buy a whole bunch of them and I'm drinking. Them. I'm like, this is horrible. This one tastes like, like a sweaty shirt that just was wrung out into this can. Yeah, like, That's yeah. gross. This one's horrible. This one's horrible. And I'm like, I just wasted like 65 bucks on crap coconut water. So then I realized no one's really talking about this. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to test all these coconut waters for no other reason than I was just pissed and on a journey that I just wasted all this money. So now I, I've shared, I don't know, 20 or so videos on my social media. So how many different um, cook? Is it all water or do you coconut milk too? Oh, I've done it all. Okay. So and you're self-proclaimed for milk and water. Kind of. I mean, I, I actually prefer coconut water over the, the, the smoothies and what about, um, sparkling coconut water? I haven't tried that. I didn't know that existed. So Coco joy actually has one just, huh. you know, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think you're I might have some here. That. So I'll let, I'll let you have, I'll have to try it. I think I have some here, but I'm a purist. I, I love just pure coconut. I'm with water. you. I don't like the sparkling one, but it is available. Um, so who's the goat of coconut water? Harmless Harvest. Harmless Harvest. Where are they from? Um, I think they're a California-based company. Okay. Coconuts come out of Thailand. Okay. So when Kevin is doing all this, what's your Oh, what's I your just take? laugh at him. You just laugh? Oh, yeah. It's entertainment it's, for the yeah for the household? No. So, and then I, I started <laughs> posting my silly little videos and I was telling her, I was like, it'll be so sweet when someone sends me a box. Somebody will. I know they will. And I've gotten four. No way. So who, who sent you boxes? So I've got um, Redmond Real Salt sent me one. They saw I was an influencer. They recognized my talent. Yep. Uh, Kawakwa, which they've actually invited us to go to their factory in it's either Vietnam or Thailand. Wow. So the end of this year, we're going to go. Kawakwa is legit. So it's like the top, the top kind of four that are pasteurized. You got Kawakwa, Coco Joy. Coke, uh, 100 coconuts and uh, once upon a coconut. Fantastic. And taste Nirvana. Have you tried taste Nirvana? I have it. Oh, it'll rock your socks off. It's fantastic. <laughs> but anyways, harmless is I like them the best cause they're not pasteurized. They're just filtered. goes from coconut to the bottle. Amazing. Stuff. Okay. Love it. Um, and then how, like how big is your platform? How big is your, it's probably a tough number to assess, but how, how, how big is it? Your page, your YouTube, all this stuff that you have going on, your your customer base, your repeat customers. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of that. Wow. So it's, <laughs> it's big. That's cool. And then do you ship? You probably ship. You, do you ship to all 50? Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, so yeah. you ship to Alaska, Hawaii. And then do you go outside of the U.S. as well? Um, we've had a few, but not a ton. Shipping just really expensive. So But you could yeah. if you wanted Canada's to. Canada's a market we're getting into. A lot of gluten-free in Canada, surprisingly. Okay. And then how about people that follow your page? Are they worldwide followers? Worldwide. Yeah. So what are some of the countries that you've identified by looking at your Instagram stats that are following you? Do you mm. remember? Australia, France, um, I don't look at my stats that much. Canada. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Yeah, no, they're like, there's weird, like all over, like literally they're everywhere. It's shocking. That's beautiful. I know you guys have made a massive impact with everything that I've heard today and just by me watching what you guys have done over the years. So it's super beautiful. What do you guys feel is the most impactful thing that you've been able to do with the creation of this platform? Oh, geez. Just honestly, just being able to like serve and help so many people going through really hard things. Like it sucks going through trials, but I feel like way less alone when I get on my platform and get to talk about what we're going through. We've been able to help people through you know, getting diagnosed with type one diabetes because of our story, getting diagnosed with celiac, and then also being able to conceive and get pregnant with kids. Because um, after I got diagnosed with celiac, I got diagnosed with um, PCOS and I went dairy free. And after I went dairy free, I was able to conceive after five and a half years of trying, we couldn't get pregnant. Then I went dairy free. And after two months of going dairy free, I got pregnant. I shared my story and we have had so many people reach out to us and come and tell us because they went they went to infertility doctors and they told them like we're sorry we can't help you they went gluten and dairy free and were able to conceive like a little girl like this girl brought a baby to the expo this last november and was like this baby is because of you like so yeah no there's like tens of stories of this of pregnancy like it's the most beautiful rewarding message that she'll show me and it's just like janae i have to tell you Nothing worked. We've tried for well, seven years, eight years, 10 years. I, I read your story. I went dairy free and boom, look at this beautiful baby I have now. How does that make you guys feel? So cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So what's the, what's the expo? Like, where is it held? So we've done two expos. So we did the gluten-free expo in August. It's here in Utah it's every in year. Lake. Yep. It's getting bigger and bigger every year. Is it year. kind of the epicenter of, of this? Uh, no. Salt Lake, no. It's it's in the expo is the largest in the United States, though. The one that's held for in the Salt gluten Lake. Free, yeah. it's okay. the biggest gluten, gluten free. free. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's the place to be. Yeah. Okay. And then if sorry. you're gluten free and you live in Utah, you should absolutely go because you can test all the products. The cool thing about the expos is they let you sample everything. So going gluten free is like, it's literally. I'm going to go to the grocery store, pick out 10 things. Maybe one of them tastes good. Okay. Let me ask you this. What are some great grocery stores where people can go if they have to be gluten, if they choose to be, if, if they're gluten-free? Lots of them are getting better and better, but like Good Earth, Sprouts, and then Walmart actually does a decent really? job at having a gluten-free section. And I would say Smith's, Smith's? or Kroger. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's a selection. How about Harmon's? Is sure. Harmon's, Harmon's is great. Yeah. Okay. Everyone's I figured they would because well. they seem to be super like locally sourced, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. So this expo happens once a year? Yeah. Once mm-hmm. a year. Okay. And then y- y'all have been to two of them? Mm-hmm. This is our, yeah. We so, launched our first, like when we launched our products, we launched it at the expo the first time. Okay. And the feedback at the expo, other than obviously these beautiful yeah, stories. It's the most rewarding thing ever when we have someone that's a little older, right? And they come up and they'll sample our chicken ramen, for example. And you see the light come back in their eyes and they're just like, I haven't had this since I was a little kid because they got diagnosed and then top ramen is not gluten free. Sure. So then we make it for them and they're just like, I thought this was gone forever. (laughs) It's like, it's the most rewarding thing ever. And it's simple, right? But it's, it makes you feel so normal to have a comfort food that was like your childhood memory. 
Yeah, and I say this all the time. The the things that we take for granted are quite often those exact same things that some other people are praying for. Obviously, people may not be praying for ramen. What I'm getting at is clean yeah. drinking water, a bed to sleep on, a roof over your head, shoes to be able to wear, you know, a floor that's not just mud. Like there's a lot of things that we often take for granted because they're so commonplace. So even you guys being able to provide something that might seem as silly as ramen, but it's that sense of normalcy. It's mm-hmm. that sense of, of belonging again. Like I can actually participate in these events or these dinners or whatever that other people are participating yes. in or how I used to enjoy these foods. Like I'm sure, I think you mentioned that before we got on the show that that was one of Colby's favorite foods was ramen. Yeah. She really missed it and you did something about it and now she can have as much ramen as she wants. Well, and then now we're also taking market share from top ramen because (laughs) it's just, it's, it's loaded with, I love it. It's not good ingredients and ours is a hundred percent whole foods. Like it's actually nourishing. Yeah. It's not the best thing for them. You know, it has a little bit of sodium in it. But. I love that we're going up against Top Realm. <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah. That's no, great. And we're we're going to launch our own version of it Are as you going to well. launch your own version of coconut water too? No. You're just not a right collab- now. You're just a contributor and collaborator yep. there. I'm but you're a direct competitor for Top Ramen. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. No, you are. We, we are. Hopefully. Let's go. We just got it in this week, actually. From, I love that. From Asia. What advice do you guys have? For somebody that's hosting or just family members that what what advice do you guys have for somebody that is maybe hosting or catering or just even in family dynamics in regards to um, being in more in tune with gluten free? Yeah, um, I feel like something I had to let go of a long time ago is the expectation of people understanding and getting what I'm going through. So showing up to a family event and not being able to eat anything used to make me sad. Especially in an Italian family. Totally. (laughs) It used to make me like sad. And then I'd go home and I'd say to Kevin, why didn't they think about me? Why didn't they care? And it's just like, I had the, the light bulb click. Well, Kevin had the light bulb click that helped me realize that's like, they don't get it. They don't have to live with it every single day. Like it's your whole entire world. It's what you think about when you wake up in the morning and before you go to bed at night, that's it. Like that's all you think about. So you got to give them a little bit of grace because they don't understand it. And when I flipped that switch, that narrative, it was easier to go to someone's home and let go of that expectation. And if they did do something for me, I was so much more excited instead of let down. And so the advice I give to anybody and everybody dealing with celiac disease is like, don't think that people are going to get it because they won't, but show up for yourself and take time for yourself. So bring a meal that you can enjoy and sit at the dinner table with everybody else. Ask them, what can I do to be included? How, how can I show up to dinner so I can eat with you guys? And it's just like, take care of yourself, take initiative. Or it's even as simple as she'll call ahead a lot of times. And all you got to do is swap, say one ingredient out of your recipe. Her mom's making whatever. And the one, there's one item that has gluten. And if Janae just tells her, Hey, all you got to do is swap this. And then it's gluten free for us. And the mom was like, Oh, thank you. That's great. I'll buy that instead of the regular one. You know, is something as simple as like Lipton onion soup for a roast. Yeah. yeah. Oftentimes people want you to be there enough that they're going to make that change and they, they want to help you. Right. Yeah. And so it's uncomfortable and it's sometimes really hard to be that person that has to be like, Hey, so I can't eat that, but like also it's okay. Yeah. 
Love that. No, that's fantastic advice. Now, are you completely gluten-free in the home or, or no? Yeah. Oh, really? So you've completely no adopted problem. it. And then outside of the home? Yeah, I'll eat whatever I, I want. He okay. loves McDonald's. But when we're... <laughs> I do. I love McDonald's. But when we're... To, I, so, full disclosure, I don't think I've been to McDonald's in like 20 plus years. And I talked to my film crew about it and they're like, how? I just... I've never... Never but you've lo- never liked I, it. I feel like we talked about this in yeah. El Paso. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I go maybe like not even once a month. So mm. I'm not a free. Do you agree one. with that? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So at home, you're completely fine eating. Mm. Our whole family eats gluten-free. And do you feel like you're missing out at all? Like I feel better. But, but meaning, do you feel like, okay, I'm getting all the flavors. I'm getting all the. Oh, no question. That's awesome. Like her food, she is amazing in the kitchen. Okay. Like rarely do we have a, a flop now. Oh yeah. She's gotten I still have so some flops. But even our neighbors, like we'll have leftovers of stuff that won't, they, it, it won't keep in the fridge. She sends it out on our neighborhood thread and it is it's gone. snatched. Yeah. And nobody knows the difference. Well, I'll, I'll often get like, is this really gluten-free? Because they don't believe we, it's gluten-free. We should test that theory in Italy. Like for real, it'd be so cool to have you guys back, like literally after your trip to Italy, and then report back on how the experience went with, you know, I don't know how much you can get in there, their breads, et cetera. But I, from yeah. what I understand, surface level, like for you sure. can pretty go, you can go pretty full Monty on it and be completely fine. It'd be so cool to do a follow-up episode on how it went to Italy. So mm-hmm. I'm helping you yeah, to get, get there. the commitment. <laughs> hey, you, you gave me there. a year. And then it'd be really cool to do the research and just see how the two countries differ as far as that is concerned. It would be fun. So, okay. We got it. We got to end this. I, I wish we could keep going for hours on end, but much love to you guys. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for everything that you guys are doing as entrepreneurs, as parents, just as human beings. I've always been a big fan of you guys. Thanks for always showing so much love and and just thanks for being here and, and just being so open and so transparent and sharing y'all's story, which is just a, such a powerful story. Mm. So much love, much success. This is Live Life by Design. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you.